0: Hello, 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 and welcome back to your Premier Chelsea, The source for all things Premier League, but starting with Chelsea first. Coming to you on your speakers and headsets. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I'm Jackie from Houston, and I have Rahul here from Connecticut. And Rahul, this week we have a special episode covering the Chelsea ladies, right? Yes, we do. As we promised in our last episode, uh, we're back with
1: a special on fully focused on just the ladies. Yeah, and it's, I think it's time they get a, an episode deserved just to them, right? Absolutely. So I guess we've covered them for the last year, um, pretty much every week, uh, and supported them and and celebrated their successes. But we wanted to take this opportunity, like we said, to do a full episode and just relive and and just talk about some of the uh, past successes, the history, uh, and hopefully bring some fun facts and insights about some of the players. So uh, that's kind of the preview of the episode, and and I'll kick it off with um, just giving you a brief history. So, the Chelsea Ladies has been actually around since 1992, 93, um, and Chelsea formed a team. They had uh, players playing. We were played in the third division back in the day, uh, the Greater London Women's League Division Three. Um, and kind of finished third in our first season. We've eventually gained promotion in 93-94. So um, for, for our listeners, you know, more recently we've seen some successes and trophies, but this team and, and Chelsea as a club, even before the Abramovich the era, uh, have been one of the teams or clubs in England that have focused on on women's football.
0: Yeah, that's definitely a beautiful sight to see because I think... 92, 93, even though that seems like a long time ago, doesn't go as far back maybe as the men's history on when they've been playing and how long they've been playing. So it's nice to see that they've been successful since then and they continue to be successful now as well. Absolutely. And speaking of
1: successes, you know, instead of going through uh, 50, 60 years of of history, we're going to just talk about some of the more recent times, uh, especially under the current boss, Emma Hayes. Uh, And so she joined the club in 2012. Uh, We actually did a little bit of uh, trivia or or fun fact on her. uh, One of our early episodes, I believe. Yeah. Um, And so if you're interested, definitely check that one out. I believe, I think it was episode 32. Um, But after narrowly missing out on the 2014 uh, women's super league title, um, Emma Hayes oversaw a squad overhaul um, with some new additions that came in. Some of the, Players still currently play in the squad. Millie Bright came in uh, a few years ago in 2014. Fran Kirby, we've spoken about her um, very often. She came in for a British record fee uh, in that season as well. Uh, And in 2015, with new players, uh, with Emma Hayes, actually been at the club for three, four years now, uh, she guided the, the team to a
0: historic league and cup double, the first for the Chelsea women. Yeah, and she's one of those managers, Rahul. I don't know who was saying it exactly, but she really has put her stamp on this team. She really plays some fun, free-flowing football. She's gone on to actually be, do punditry and different things and has been voted actually as one of the top pundits out there. Because it's not just she's she's able to, yes, get a, a group of really talented women together and win things. She's able to understand more of the tactical nuances to a game. We talked about matches where we started the season earlier on when we're losing 3-0 and you wonder where do we go from here? And she's able to turn around, find the missing puzzle pieces and, and really put something in the right path for Chelsea to move forward with. That's spot on. And, you know, when
1: I was, I was looking through and, and reading about her, um, it almost felt similar to, an, and I don't mean to disrespect her or Alex Ferguson, but in the sense that they came into a club and kind of put their own stamp, like you were saying, and were given the time to do it. You know, so often nowadays, at least on the men's side, we say, three months in, this person manager should be fired. Uh, And Emma Hayes is a good example of she came in at the right time. She didn't have success right out the gate. She worked on it. She built upon it, got the right players. And since then, and since 2015, like we mentioned, she's had continued success with, with league titles, with FA Cups, with League Cups, with the Community Shield, and most recently with their first Champions League final appearance last season. So, Uh, It's been something that she's worked on and and you can see that she's very proud of it. And you mentioned she does punditry as well now. And um, I think she's been touted as the first female manager that may eventually
0: end up managing a men's team. You know, that's a very, very interesting comment. And I'm I'm glad you brought that because it's a good conversation to have. And it's not us, you, me, or anybody trying to take away light from the women's team or from women's football in general. I think it's one of those things where men's football is kind of ahead just because of the head start they've had for centuries, not decades, but centuries. And so there's more investment there. There's more funding. There's more players that have access to bigger grassroots thing. And I think, to be very honest with you, I think the women's league is catching up slowly and surely. And it it does take time. Things like this do take time. But what that whole comment is about is saying – you're, you're able to take this lady who's put her stamp and shown her method of football and say, now take it up to the men's side and do the same thing. And not trying to be controversial here or anything like that, but I think that's another spin between involving uh, a woman into a men's game and saying, now kind of show us what you can do there. And I honestly, I have full faith that she could do it. I think she's got a very good personality. And by that, I mean, she's got a stern personality in that she can control a dressing room. And and like I alluded to earlier, her tactics seem spot on. So it's a matter of getting there, analyzing the team and then saying, here's who's going to play where and then, you know, make it work.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. And I think last season it was mid-season where uh, with AFC Wimb- Wimbledon, I believe, were looking for a coach. And that's when her name was coming up a lot. Um, and I think she eventually came out and said, it's a great honor to be linked with, with the club like that and and to make the jump over uh, to the men's side, but I'm, I'm building something here and I'm working towards something and we have goals and targets. And I think ultimately she wants to win that champions league um, for the club. Uh, And speaking just on, on the point of her service to football, she was actually appointed the member of the order of the British empire, which is the MBE. And one of the highest honors you could receive uh, in the country in 2016. So, Um, She's been there. She's done it in terms of, you know, giving back to the community and and proving on the pitch and off the pitch that she is uh, a great manager and a great human being. So uh, congratulations to her and all her successes and and the most recent one being the punditry. Um, She's seen her team win back to back WSL titles, uh, the most recent one coming at the end of last season. Uh, She became the first woman manager to reach the Champions League final in 12 years. So she's breaking the glass ceiling every day and every season. And and we're very proud to have her at our club.
0: Yeah. And I I wanted to add or maybe reiterate on that back-to-back championships. We've always said winning one championship is hard enough, but winning it back-to-back is what's extremely difficult. And when you touched on she's building something here, I think that's evidence of that. She's actually going through and building something here, which is I've done it once I've done it twice I then look at my team and see what pieces need to be chopped and changed. Some players will move on naturally. Some younger players will come in naturally. And how do I continue with that and continue to build success? And and here it is. It's happening. And not to mention the Champions League final. Maybe here's a chance to kind of springboard off of that and continue again. Definitely. So she's actually been a manager
1: here in the United States as well. And uh, with the Chicago Red Stars from 2008 to 2010, Uh, And then she took a brief break and moved on to Chelsea in in 2012, like I mentioned. And her record uh, for Chelsea has been 231 games managed, 157 wins, 30 draws and 44 defeats, a win percentage of almost 68%. So uh, if everything we haven't said wasn't enough, the numbers back it up and... Um, we talk about this season now for, for a quick second, and like you mentioned earlier, there was a defeat to Arsenal the, on the opening day 3-0, uh, and Arsenal seemed to be the closest or one of the contenders for, for Emma Hayes and the Chelsea squad to to um, prevent them from going back, to back to back uh, in the in the Super League. Uh, but they bounced back, the Chelsea team bounced back with wins over Everton, a 4-0 win, a win over Manchester United, 6-1. And most recently, uh, last weekend, beating Man City 4-0 away from home. Uh, And Man City being the contender that they were last season, that was a very impressive win this time around. And uh, for large parts of that game, you know, we defended. We defended well. Uh, Man City had most of the possession, I'd say. But every time we attacked,
0: we had the threat and ended up scoring a goal. Yeah, and I think those results, barring, of course, the Arsenal one, which I'm going to chalk down to early day, not ready, maybe didn't have a proper preseason, whatever. But those other matches, Everton, Manchester United, Manchester City, I think it, it ties back to the fact that she likes to play free-flowing, expansive football and really get the goals in. And it shows because you talked about Manchester City being a direct rival, trying to push for that top of the league. And to come out and beat them 4-0 is sending a message, right? It's like, we're not just here to play our style of football. We're here to play our style of football and, and really run over the, the competition. If we're going to make a third in a row, which I, again, I hope they continue to do that. This is the way to do it now. is just to continue to do it in style. Yeah. And, and it's, that's the impressive
1: part of it is they come back and do it week after week, game after game. It's seven nil against Servette one week. It's four nil against Man City, It's six, one against Manchester United. Uh, and, and, the one aspect of her managerial career or managerial uh, style we haven't spoken about is the man management. Right. We talk about, and you had mentioned earlier the season, one of our episodes, okay, the goals are coming from Kirby and, and Pernille Arder. Um, What happens if one of them goes down? And I said, well, there's Beth England and Harder is injured right now. And, and, and Beth England is coming in and getting the goals and Sam Kerr gets her goals. And um, there's players, further back in, in midfield and in defense that come in and do a job whenever needed. So uh, Emma Hayes keeps them all happy, hungry, and satisfied to, to keep performing. And that's what you ask from a manager. We, we speak about it on the men's side and, and say they are all these superstars in the Chelsea squad and they've got to be kept happy. Similarly, there's a lot of superstars in the women's team and, and they're all internationals playing for their country. So keeping them happy and hungry is equally important.
0: Yeah. And, you know, part of man management, Rahul, it's not just the fact that you're looking at, okay, I need to switch out this player or I need to talk about that player and then figure it out. I think one of the things that comes down to man management, I think Frank Lampard said it about Carla Ancelotti. So I'm trying to put kind of a lightning there is that this is the kind of person that will put your arm around you and let you feel, feel loved. And so Fran Kirby, I will use her as another example, has actually talked very fondly about Emma Hayes and said things such as that, she's taken care of me. And and you have touched on this before. We've never really gone into details, but Fran Kirby did suffer with some illness and she was out for a little bit. And she's come out and said that Emma Hayes was instrumental in helping her through those tough periods in her life. And and though she's never said this, I'm sure she looks to her almost like a mother figure or a a bigger sister's figure. And, And that's one thing that really helps with those kind of players and that mentality. When you're struggling as a footballer, man or woman, it's like, hey, you need to go do the job but they're human at the end of the day. And I think that's the additional piece of man management or in this place, women management is coming out and spending time with that person, getting to know them and saying, maybe they're not mentally ready to play today. Not, not because someone's injured or they don't fit my tactics. How can I help them clear their mind and be a friend to them? So next week and next month and next year, they're here to perform for me week in week out. Yeah, that's spot on. And um, that's, and that's,
1: like we said, that's resulted in titles. We mentioned back-to-back league titles. We've been back-to-back league cups. Uh, there have been FA cups and there have been community shields. So uh, it's something that the team strives for every season. They they come in and they know they want to win at least one or two trophies. We've seen it most recently with Sam Kerr signing a new contract and saying Champions League is what is missing from this squad. And she's only been here for, for about two or three years. So yeah, um, it's it's a... A common mindset that, that Emma Hayes is, that has set in. So um, just coming back to this season, we spoke about some of the results in the Super League and the Champions League. Uh, they've come back with the aim of going a step further, like we've just been saying. Uh, they did have a little bit of a stumble in the first game with 3-3 three, three draw versus Wolfsburg, uh, which is Wolfsburg are, are a pretty good team mm-hmm. in Europe, and, and um, that's not a bad result against them. Uh, although we did shoot ourselves twice in that game uh, in the <laughs> foot by conceding two silly goals. So uh, that's the concern from Emma Hayes' side. But we followed that up with the 2-1 win against Juventus. And, and that kind of erases the uh, Wolfsburg draw, uh, the 7-0 win against Servette that we spoke about a few episodes ago. And then most recently, actually today itself, beating Servette 1-0 at home, which
0: 1-0 or 7-0, you get three points and, and set yourself up for qualification. Yeah, and you look back, Rahul, at the opening day of Premier League, 3-0 loss to Arsenal, and you look back at the opening day of Champions League, 3-3 draw versus Wolfsburg, and then you look back and say, well, then they go on and win, 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 win. And so I almost look at her as a tactician, as I've said so many times so far. She pulls out a pen and paper and makes notes of where things went wrong. And I specifically remember that Wolfsburg game. She came out afterwards and said, not good enough. We should have not conceded those goals and you you bet that she went back to the training ground and showed them where they made those mistakes and said we're winning this game three 0 or three one whatever it's going to be these two became mistakes from us let's make sure that doesn't happen again and, and so far knock on wood it hasn't and so clearly the message is being well received in the team definitely and she's actually you you speak of her being a
1: tactician last season and i can't speak to too much beyond that because i i personally wasn't fully watching them at as, as often as I was last season and this season. But last season, it seemed to be a back four. And this season, it's transitioned into a back three, where maybe the first game, full competitive game, was against Arsenal, and we lost it by three, three goals. But she's persevered with that back three and continued. And we're seeing results, and we're seeing wins, and we're seeing performances where the players are saying, okay, we've we've conquered most of... England with a back four. Now she's switching it up and we're doing it with a back three, maybe impacted by injuries, but she's still stuck to it, even though some players are coming back and some are still missing. Uh, And that's the, that's the, the, the characteristic and the mentality
0: of her. Yeah. And I like it because I think it keeps things fresh. I think it's something where if I was an opposing manager and I would want to tell my players how Chelsea plays, I'm going to look at last season because we were the best and say they play with a back four, they play like this, and then you come this season and a back three shows up with a different formation and you're wondering, well, hell, we just watched hours and hours of footage prepping for this and they look completely different. So I like the fact that you can be versatile, you can change, and if it doesn't work at any point in the season, you then say, look, we have already practiced a back four for an entire season and we're very successful with it, so let's switch it up now. So it's always great to see that. Absolutely. And before we go into, I think we've
1: both prepared a quiz for each other, um, I just wanted to touch on the Surret game from today. Just it would only be fair to, to spend a couple of minutes talking about that. So we did play uh at home in at the King's Meadow. We won it by one goal, a goal from Sam Kerr. Uh and it was maybe not as high scoring as the last game, but it was still a game in which um we were able to give some of the squad players or players that haven't featured as much this season. Uh, some game time, and one of them being uh Maren Mielda, who we spoke about again in the last episode. And she's come back from a long term injury, she was out from March of this year, uh, came back uh, about a game ago. I think it was actually against Syrette away from home, and now she's played another full 90 minutes. So, uh, that was one of the positives. Another positive was being top of the, the Champions League table after having that draw, um, uh, in the first game, and then uh, Lauren James that may sound some familiar for, for some people. Um, She also played and there was a clean sheet for um, I'm going to let you say her name, because I tend to, to butcher some of these um, names. So
0: I can't, I can't tell you that I'm going to do a good job of it, but I'm going to try Zasira Musovic. I I think that's pretty good. So she had a clean
1: (laughs) sheet and she pulled off some good saves. So, Uh, A 1-0 win, but a lot of positives, and that sets us up for the next game, which is this weekend against Birmingham City in the Women's Super League. And as always, as we say week after week, these games are live here in the U.S. on uh, the NBCSN website. So if you have
0: some time, definitely tune in on Sunday morning. Yeah. And now at the risk of making it the Emma Hayes shows, maybe we should jump into the little quiz we prepared for each other. Let's do it. So... You want, to, you want to go first? Yeah, sure. And so what I'll say about this quiz as we go through it, I think it's more meant to be informative as well. Right. And while we did try to pick different players, unfortunately, I ended up with Sam Kerr again. And I know a lot of people have said we mentioned her name week in, week out, but she's celebrating a new two-year contract, as Rahul has already mentioned. And so what better way to learn about her with a little quiz and some fun facts as we go through it. So let's dive right into it, Rahul. So This is a super easy one, at least in my opinion. Sam Kerr is an international from which country? Your options are A, England, B, USA, or C, Australia. So I know this one and it's Australia. All right, good. And (laughs) I'm glad you said that because she's actually a fun fact about Australia. You may know that the men's team goes by the Socceroos. uh, The women's team goes by the Matildas. Now, I don't know exactly where that came from, but just an interesting one all around for for our listeners out there to learn from. Uh, Sam Kerr actually started her career in the Women's A-League, that's in Australia, but which team did she start her career with? The the question, (laughs) I see you're laughing over there. The options are A, Perth Glory, B, Sydney FC, or C, Melbourne City. They they all sound right. (laughs) (laughs) But I picked the major cities out there. Yes.
1: Perth, Sydney, or
0: Melbourne. And I don't think this will help, but it's a good fun fact to give you a minute to think. She actually made her debut at the age of 15 years old. Oh, wow. Uh,
1: I am going to
0: go with Perth Glory. That is actually correct. So good job over there. That's actually her hometown and where she's from. So well done. Hopefully you knew that, or maybe it was a right, wild I, guess, but I'm happy you got it right. I, I knew that. I, I <laughs> just acted like I had to think about it. Just to stretch it out for dramatic yes. effect. Great. All right. Chelsea signed Sam Kerr from an NWSL team in the USA. This team was, and your options are A, the Sky Blue FC, B, Chicago Red Stars, or C, Houston Dash. And that's my team there. Uh, again, I'm just drawing this out for the, the dramatic effect, but I yeah, think it's, for your it's um, Chicago Red Stars. That is actually correct. So she actually did play for both the New the Sky Blues, who was in New York City, and then for the Chicago Red Stars as well. Uh, she transferred between them, and then from there decided she wanted a new challenge coming to Europe. And this isn't a, a quiz question for you, but maybe you can name the team that was competing for her signature against with Chelsea. Arsenal? No, it actually was Olympic Lyonnais. So that's not part of the quiz, but I wanted to throw that in there as well. Well, she she definitely made the right choice. (laughs) She definitely made the right choice there. So Sam Kerr is now in her third season, I think two and a half, because she signed halfway through her first season in January. Um, She's made 51 appearances so far and contributed 14 assists. Pretty good overall for a striker. But how many goals has she scored for Chelsea? Your options are A 40, B 37, or C 34. Two and a half seasons. I know she won
1: golden boot last season. Mm-hmm. And I think she scored 21 goals. And this season. So it's 40, 37, and what was the last one? 34. 34.
0: I am going to go with 37 that is correct i think you're going for a clean sweep today my (laughs) friend (laughs) yeah so very good numbers from her 37 goals and 51 appearances like i said but the 14 assists is what impressed me the most because you know she's chipping in there and and adding to it Uh, i have one more question for you um sam kerr is also the top goal scorer for her country who we quizzed you on earlier so you should know that country is australia (laughs) perfect it looks like you're doing a good job there um She scored a whooping number of goals, and I'm going to ask you what those numbers and goals, but she's made 102 appearances for her country. She's a clear leader, with the second place being 26 goals from Kia Simon of Tottenham, ironically so. The options are for the goals she scored for her country, A, 49 goals, B, 39 goals, or C, 29 goals. I mean, the gold machine that she is, she's... 102
1: appearances, right? She's gotta have at least one goal every other game. So I'm gonna go for
0: 49 goals. I actually love the analysis there because she does have one goal for every other game and 49 goals is indeed correct. <laughs> it so just, that- just that's just who she is. <laughs> yeah. And so all of this information I've shared with you today, she's actually regarded as one of the world's best soccer players right now. And so I think at the age of 28 she's coming into her prime or her peak, you may say. And so, look out and watch her over the next few seasons. She's with us for two more, at least, and you might see some amazing things from this young lady. And and we've definitely seen
1: some amazing things, including that backflip that she does or was doing here in in the NWSL. Um, and now she's moved over. And I think I watched one of the interviews, and they asked her when is it happening, and she was like, "I'm saving it for the for the right occasion." And I think she busted it out in the Conti Cup final last season. So hopefully go. she gets to do it in the FA Cup final coming up in a couple of weeks here. Or the Champions League final
0: soon, oh. so we'll see. <laughs> if, if it's a Champions League, it's definitely going to be more than one time. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there you have it, my friend. That's a clean sweep. Well done. It's your turn now. I'll pass it over to you. Thank you. That was That was, I had to think a little bit, but I
1: made it. So hopefully this will be as challenging or as straightforward for you (laughs) Uh, but the player I've picked is Lauren James I mean we've we've covered a lot of the the players on the team but Lauren James is the newer one Uh, she signed for us just this past summer uh, and the 20 year old is in the women's squad and joins up at Chelsea as a whole uh, to be the sibling of Reese James the younger sister so Uh, It's a family affair here at Chelsea, but I'll get started. So she was actually part of Chelsea's setup in the under-10 squad, um, but left to join what London rival at the age of 13? So the first option is West Ham United. The second option is Arsenal. And the third option is Tottenham.
0: I I would pick based on london rival and based on the fact that chelsea had her and she'd want to go to somebody competitive and looking at the women's league i'd go with arsenal arsenal is the right answer and that was a good thought process there she was scouted by arsenal
1: as a 13 year old and trained actually with the boys team okay uh she eventually did end up on the women's team and in september 2017 made her debut for arsenal uh coming on as a substitute Uh, She became the second youngest player in Arsenal's history to make their debut. Uh, So that's already breaking some records or at least getting close to it. Um, She then went on to join
0: what club? And the options? This this I already know. (laughs) I, I, I knew where we signed her from, which was this last club. So she joined Manchester United. There you go. You didn't even let me read my no, options. I, didn't, I need <laughs> that one, yeah. <laughs> um,
1: but she was actually announced in July of 2018 as part of uh, Manchester United's first professional squad uh, due to compete in the second tier of the women's uh, league, which is the FA Women's Championship. Uh, and obviously, she joined them. She scored uh, United's... Let me take a break. She joined them in the second division she got them promoted to, to the Women's Super League and ended up scoring the first goal ever in the Women's Super League in a 2-0 win versus Liverpool. Absolutely. So uh, she almost made a record at Arsenal. She definitely made one at Manchester United. Uh, and she's finished as Manchester United's top goal scorer in the nineteen twenty season. So uh, definitely some potential there. What was the player that went to Manchester United from Chelsea as part of the deal for Lauren James? Is it the American Tobin Heath? Is it Hannah Blundell? Or is it Alessia Russo? I think it's B, Hannah Blundell. That is correct, my friend. Hannah Blundell, who herself had joined...
0: Sorry, you want to say something? Well, I was going to say that, honestly, I didn't really remember who it was, but the name was kind of popping up in the transfer, and that's what I kind of clicked up from. I I tried to keep it close to, to the Chelsea squad. Uh, but I threw
1: in Tobin Heat just to maybe throw you yeah. off. <laughs> um, but yeah, Hannah Blundell joined Chelsea Academy in 2010. Uh, she made her debut for Chelsea in 2013. And after eight seasons, the defender left to join Manchester United and Lauren James came over to uh, Chelsea. So she joined Chelsea. Um, she picked a squad number. And so I'm going to ask you, what number does she wear for Chelsea? And you may already know this. You may not. I I actually was looking at this earlier today, but I cannot remember right now. So anyway, let's try. Is it number 24, same as her brother, Reese James on the men's side? Is it 19, same as Mason Mount? Or is it number nine, same as Lukaku? Which means both
0: summer signings could have ended up with the same number. So I don't think she's going to want to be 24. I honestly looked at this this morning, but I cannot remember now. Um, But I don't think she'd be number nine either. I, but she would want to be a number nine as a striker. So I'm going to go at 19. 19 is the right answer. I, I, I like this thought process
1: that's happening. I'm, a, I'm <laughs> on a lucky streak today. I'm going to keep it. <laughs> so you seem to be matching up on my um, record here of, of, of a clean sweep. And I actually gave this away to you earlier in the episode, which is my fifth question. Uh, so hopefully... You remember? Hopefully, you don't. <laughs> um, who did she make her debut against? Is it Manchester United earlier this season? We mentioned um, their the the win against them. We mentioned Juventus. Is it Juventus or is it Servette? We've mentioned them too this this episode. Servette. which game <laughs> against today? <them. laughs> there you go. She made actually made her debut today against Servet at home. Uh, one nil win like we mentioned and Reese James was in the crowd uh, watching along and I'm sure I believe Nigel James their dad was there as well and so um, they were both there to watch her come kind of come full circle being part of the under 10 squad going away and then coming back home and finally making her debut so my friend you've scored all five
0: questions right like myself so I think we're we're pretty good at this <laughs> I, th- I think this tells two things one it's it's great to learn about some of the fun facts behind the women's team but two it tells that we actually listen to each other in this <laughs> podcast because we're learning and paying attention as we talk so that's great <laughs> definitely and and this was the whole point of this episode
1: was to to learn to share some of these things with our listeners um, like I said we've been following the team for the last year or so. Uh, and, as we continue to do so this season uh, we 'll be sharing more about them on the ep- on the podcast. I beg your pardon and if you'd like this type of episode on on the women or even maybe on a different aspect of Chelsea, let us know and, and we 'll try to put some more of
0: these episodes out but uh, before we wrap it up jackie any any parting thoughts i mean i'll i 'll answer like a fan roll. I think I do enjoy these kind of episodes we 've done different things throughout our your birthday that we've had so far in blast from the past. We educate ourselves there. Uh, We've done segments with fans and doing this segment as well. We've done one with Emma Hayes where we did some fun facts. Now we go into these other ladies here. I I think it's a lot of fun and I'm excited to watch what happens over the next few months and years with the ladies here. And hopefully in a few weeks, few months, few days, we'll cover more and more games and maybe we'll be in FA Cup finals, Champions League finals. And I want to see a couple more backflips happen over here.
1: Absolutely, and hopefully one day we get to head out there and, and watch a game at, at the Kings Meadow and, and support them. So, uh, thanks for the quiz and, and bringing some of those insights. And but that wraps it up, guys. Thank you very much for listening. Please continue to subscribe, like, and follow us. It's at the Premier Chelsea on Apple, Spotify, Google, and Instagram. And since I've mentioned Instagram, we're closing in on ten thousand. So, if for some reason you're listening to this and you don't follow us on Instagram. Go follow us, please. Let's let's get to that milestone that we've been trying to chase here. Uh, And as always, please send us your feedback. And we will be back uh, later this week or early next week to do a Leicester review and a Juventus preview because the big games keep coming for the men's side. And we'll do a Birmingham City review for the women. So uh, a lot of content coming up. So stay tuned. But until then, stay safe and up the Chels.